0: from The Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to The Hills Church. And the Lord calls you, it's not a roll call. You can see that. It's not the R-O-L-L call. That's a roll call. You know, that's a roll call. That's a call for, here I am. I'm present. You know, when you go to school and they do roll call, you know, The attendance, Pastor Nigel, Pastor Mo, Pastor Fred. (laughs) Because we have answered that call, the roll call, the call of presence. Have we not answered that call? We have answered that call. We have said, God, I'm here. We have answered that call. We have shown up. We are the children of God. The Bible says that he gives us power to do what? To become. We are the children of God. So we've answered that call. But now there's a new call. And this is a call to function. It is a call for your role. Are you a midwife? Are you the one God is calling to say, put your hand in the womb? And you see, if you have been in a labor ward before, Right? You will know that when the midwife brings out that baby, she's not the one who cares for the baby. She's not. The baby is given to someone else. There's a pediatrician. There's someone else who is teaching up the the woman. There's someone else who is cleaning her up. There's someone else who is cleaning the baby. There are different roles that God is calling us to play in these last days. And that rule means that you step out of that comfort zone because you need to do, you need to exert yourself. It is no longer, yes, I'm a child of God. It is now God, what have you called me to do? Who have you called me to be? So I'm going to read this scripture. Acts 13, 1-4. It says, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. What is the first thing you notice? They were in church. They were in church when that call came, just like we're in church. Being in church is not the call. Being here every Sunday is not the call. Being a member of Ecclesia Hills is not the call. These men were in church. When the call to function came. And it was interesting that the scripture says there were certain prophets and teachers. And sitting here this morning are prophets. Our apostles, our teachers, our pastors, administrators, our governors, our helpers, our stewards, our parents, our people with a call to function, just sitting. Several years ago, you know, I was sitting in the office and I was working and I was working and singing and uh, one of my colleagues is a pastor He he looked at me and he said, Do you know you are operating at 20% of your spiritual capacity? I was so angry. I was so angry. I was like, what is wrong with this man? He said, I come to work every day. You are so anointed. He said, you are worshipping, you are praying. But nobody knows who you are. You are not affecting anybody. You're not impacting anybody. He said, so you're operating at 20% of your capacity. This is not what God has called you to be. When I got home and my anger had reduced, I sat down and I was thinking about it. I felt so bad. So bad. And then I began to say, so God, what have you called me to do? Because as far as I was concerned, I was born again. I love the Lord with all my heart. If you say come to church, ah, I'm there early. If you want me on Wednesday, I shall be there. If you want me for a vigil, oh, better still, I shall be there. But I then realized that sitting there, doing that was not enough. That is not what God is anointing you for or calling you for. These were prophets. These were teachers. And as they began to pray and to fast, what happened? The Holy Spirit said, Now! 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 And that is the same call that is coming to us today. Now! How long are you going to wait? How long are you going to bury that purpose? How long... Are you going to mute the voice of the call of God? How long? God is saying now. Separate yourself to me. And do what? Go and do the work for which I have called you. Now. Not tomorrow. I want you to be as angry as I was that day. I don't want to tell you you're operating at any capacity. But I want you to to be stirred up and to say, God, now, what would you have me do? And even after they had separated them, what did they do? They fasted and they prayed. One of the major issues that is causing that sluggishness in us exerting Our call is the confusion of not knowing. What have you called me to do? Am I a pastor? Am I an apostle? Am I a teacher? Am I a prophet? Am I an evangelist? You see, and we make the mistake to think that that's all there is, the fivefold. That's not all there is. That's not all there is in a call. When you begin to read the scriptures, you will see how the disciples with the fivefold gifts intertwined with other disciples in government, in administration, at home, in parenting, in business. That's not all there is. Don't bind yourself. Don't keep looking at the fivefold ministry gifts and say, okay, today I'm a pastor, tomorrow I'm a prophet, the day after I'm a teacher. There is a call of God for you. And God is saying now, one of the things that gave me, that brought me deliverance, as I began to ask God, then what? Then what? Because trust me, I started doing trial and error. You know, because I didn't know the call. I said, okay, let me try this one. If it doesn't fit me, then I will try that one. If it doesn't fit me, then I will try another one. But one of the things that gave me deliverance was the call of John the Baptist. As I began to study the scriptures. Let's quickly read um, Luke 1, 5 to 17. I'll read very quickly because I want us to be able to have time this morning to pray. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years." So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of his priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense. When he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be. great Great in the sight of the Lord. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit. Even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him. In the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That was his call. And then if you go to Matthew. 3, he says in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And, you know, when you have time, read the entire um, chapter so that you can understand how he functioned in that call. John the Baptist did not set up a church. He did not. He understood what he was called to do. His call was what? Announce the coming of the Lord. So he went from place to place to place and he did just that. He announced the coming of the Lord. For him, this was what God had called him to do. And when Jesus came, when when Jesus came, he knew. And that was why he said, No, I cannot baptize you. You are the one I've been announcing. You are the Messiah. I can't baptize you. Jesus said, No, you have to do that. Permit it to be so for now. And from that time, the Bible says his disciples began to say, Men are following Jesus. You know how it is. Sometimes we do church. You see, you see your church members in another church is like, you know, a tsunami has happened. Ah. Did you see Mary? She was leading worship and redeemed. Ha, ah, Pastor Moore. You know, they came to him and they said, "Men are following him." He said, "Yes. He must increase. I must decrease." My work here is what is done. This is what I came to do. I did not com- come to compete with him. I came to announce him. This is what I came to do. In other words, stay in your lane. Find your lane. Stay in that lane. The only time a puzzle comes into place is when all the pieces find their place. If a piece says, no, me, I don't want to stay in this space. It's too small. I want to stay in another place. Will we find a full picture? No. Find your place. Stay in it. And then I read the story of Simeon and Anna. You know Simeon and Anna. It's only Pastor Moda is saying yes. You know Simeon and Anna? Were they husband and wife? Are you sure? Who were they? They were people. And they're people now because we know their names. Simeon and Anna. But who were they? I'm asking. Hmm? They were old people. Really? Were they old people? Are you sure? How old was Anna? Huh? It is something. You know why we feel Anna was old? Because we got to meet her when she was old. What had she spent her life doing? How old was she when she started praying? And her husband had been died dead how many years? So how old was she when she started praying? What was she praying for? Okay, for the sake of the people that are looking at me like, please, we didn't come for exam. <laughs> Let me read the scripture. In Luke two twenty-five, it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And you see, you need to understand the the scenario, you know. There was restlessness, there was oppression. It's like Nigeria. It's like Nigeria, but worse. So imagine a SARS that is worse. You know, our own SARS, they are crying that they are attacking youths. Their own SARS was attacking everybody. They will come, they will take your property. They will take your business. They will take your money. So Israel was crying to God because in their history, they knew that if they cried to God, God will raise a king and the king will fight a war. Remember, if you go through their history, they had had judges, then they had had kings and those kings had fought physical wars and then they would have peace. So they had been crying and then God had promised them, look, I will send you a Messiah. So as far as they were concerned, a king will be born. He will come and he will fight. So Simeon had been praying. Now, in verse 27. He said, so he came by the Spirit into the temple on this particular day and this was the day when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. And he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, so this was Simeon taking up Jesus and blessing him. And he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother behold this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against yes a sword will pierce through your own soul also Mary that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed now there was one Anna a prophetess the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher she was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. Who did not depart from the temple. Who did not. Who did not do what? Depart from the temple. But served God with. With what? How old was she? And she was doing what? Fasting. She was in her 80s. She was fasting and she was praying night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Israel. They understood what God had called them to do. Pray, pray for the revelation of the Messiah. You know, when I read the scripture, I started to wonder. I was asking God, I said, God, is it that he would not have come? Wouldn't he have come? I don't know. But sometimes you need to understand that when you partner with God and you abdicate your role, when you say to God, God, use me. And when the time comes for God to use you, you're not there. You begin to cause a delay in the system, in the agenda. A lot of us believe that because God has said it, then it will happen. God has said it so that you will cause it to be birthed. God has said it so that you will rise up and birth it. You are the vehicle that God will use. You are the tool. You are the instrument. You are the one who will bring it to pass. So when God says it, who is he looking for? He's looking for you. He's looking for you so that you will say yes to the call irrespective of age. Pastor Mo said something. He said, the answers, you know, it wasn't about what God is about to do. It's not about the youth. It's about new wineskins. Anna, at her age, could she birth a child physically? No. But could she pray that a child will be birthed? Yes. Did she take on that responsibility? She did with prayer and with fasting. The Bible says day and night. She was unrelenting. God called Samuel at a very tender age. He was seven. About that. He was very tender. Living in the house. Of the priest. Without his father, without his mother. God called him Samuel. That's how God has been calling you. Never. Sorry, Pastor Nigel said I shouldn't call his name again. <laughs> That's how God has been calling Precious. We're in the buzz, you know. You're in the middle of things. Oh, that would arise like Samuel to say, Pastor Nigel, I heard a call. Pastor Mo, I heard something. That there will be somebody who will say, that's God calling you. that in the midst of the, of the activity, that you will hear a staring inside your spirit that says to you, it's time. It's time. That there will be something that says to you, oh it's time. Get up. And that when you hear it, even if you don't understand it, That you would seek understanding. When you hear it, even if you do not understand it, that you would seek understanding. And the minute he got it, he stood as a prophet over Israel. One of the greatest prophets ever, ever. By himself, he carried the presence of God around by himself remember in those days God's presence was in a tent but somewhere was different you did not need to go to the tent to meet with God you met with him he carried it why? because he answered the call look at Daniel the story of Daniel is one of the most interesting stories you know why? because Hezekiah It dates as far back as Hezekiah. Hezekiah was sick. And God sent the prophet to tell Hezekiah, you are going to die. So Hezekiah started to cry to the Lord. God, you know I've served you. So God told the prophet, go back and tell him that he will not die now. I've added 15 years. So Hezekiah was very happy. Then when people came to visit him, took them around his house so this is where we keep the you know and this is where you know very happy God had spared his life so the prophet came back said what did you do he said oh I took them right even lie I showed them everything showed them everything yes everything I have I showed them he said okay this is the judgment of God your sons will be carried off as eunuchs to Babylon Hezekiah says okay When God told him he would die, he cried, he prayed. When God told him your sons will be carried, it's okay. This won't happen in my lifetime. Who did they carry? They carried the princes of the kingdom, of which Daniel was one, of which Shadrach was another, Meshach, Abednego. Because Hezekiah said it was okay. And that was how they carried them. But Daniel... And remember... It was not just the four of them that were carried. There were a whole lot more princes... That went into Babylon. The reason you don't hear about them... Is probably... Because they did not survive. When I say they did not survive... I don't mean they died. They did not survive... The culture of Babylon. Daniel... And the others proposed in their heart from day one when the training began. Because they had to first of all train them. From day one when the training began, those four proposed in their heart, we will not eat of this king's meat. We will not submit to the culture. They proposed in their heart, you see this Lagos, it will not swallow me. Lagos will not call me, God called me. Lagos will not change me. God will change me. Lagos will not swallow the vision, the purpose of God for my life. They proposed it. They could easily have submitted to the times and the culture. They refused to do that. They said no. How were they able to sustain it? By prayer. How many times did Daniel pray? Even when he was banned from praying, what did he do? He opened his windows. Why? Because he knew that if I did not pray, I will be consumed. And so he prayed. And Daniel outlived how many kings? He did not start a church. He stood in the office of kings. And constantly, because he was standing, all of those kings witnessed the power of God. All of them. All of them. What is God calling you to do? What is he calling you to do? Is he calling you to be a prophet? Then you need to get up and to engage that call by prayer and fasting. And to begin to prophesy over the nation. Is he calling you to be a teacher? Then this is the time to raise your voice and speak. And understand what God is calling you to say. Don't get carried away by what's tweeting, by what's trending. Speak what he's saying you should say. Teach. Is he calling you to be an apostle? Then get up. Get up and go. There are territories that are still waiting for you. They're waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. Is God calling you to be an evangelist? There are people not saved. There are people in Lagos not saved. There are people who are very fashionable, very trendy. Very decent, very wealthy. They are not saved. Is he calling you to pastor? It is only pastors that keep their phone on at night. Because people, we call them at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. They are birthing, they are nurturing children. They are raising children. There is no mother who will be sound asleep. Your child is crying out too. You will not get up. Is he calling you to be a pastor? Is he calling you to sit in government? Is he calling you to raise a business? Is he calling you to raise other businesses? Is he calling you to raise that business so that he can bless it? He can put money in your hand? Why? These are the last days. Not for your personal enjoyment. It's for the kingdom. Is he calling you to be a deacon, a leader, to look out for the people? Is he calling you to nurture people, to raise them? Is he calling you to be a parent? Because many times we think that parenting is not a call, it is a call. Is he calling you to be a parent? The mother who, beyond the call of motherhood, gets up at night and is prophesying from 12 to 6 a.m. You are prophesying over your children. You need to read the story of the Wesley brothers. How their mother would sit in the kitchen because the house was small. She had a prayer chair and she would take a kitchen cloth and cover herself and prophesy over her children. Is God calling you to be a parent? Is He calling you to be a counselor? Has He given you an ear? Is He calling you to be the one who draws people into the presence of God through worship? Is he calling you? What is he calling you to do? What is your function? And you need to know what it is. You remember Simon Peter? I want us to pray. I'm out of time. When Jesus called Simon, he was fishing at the lake. If you read Luke 5, I want you to, to read it on your own time. He was fishing at the lake. And Jesus said to him, Did you catch anything? He said, No. He said, Throw your net again. He said, Lord, we have toiled all night. We've done this, we've done that, we've done that. He said, Do it again. He did it. Caught, you know, catch was huge. And Lord said to him, You know what? Leave that. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Called him to be. He called him to do what? To be what? fisher of men and Simon obeyed he left it and followed him and then he walked with Jesus he saw miracles he saw all sorts of things and then he saw him crucified crucified dead buried gone what did Simon do he went back fishing so in your journey you will meet things that will discourage you you will It's not because God called you to be a teacher that the teaching will flow or people will believe what you're saying, nobody will challenge you or God called you, do you understand? You will meet challenges. You say, ah, God called me to be a pastor. Your church members one day will lock you outside, drive you away. You say, but God, you are the one that called me, yes oh you called me to be a mother this child is like ai don't even know the word the child is just all the prayer I pray I'm not seeing it so don't think that because he called you you will just get up "Ah, I've been called you don't bounce into the calling the anointing will just be flowing left right and center no you must get up your loins (laughs) you must get into the trenches you must fast and pray day and night like Anna You are praying. Even with that call on your life. Even with that anointing on your life. You are praying. You are crying out to God. It won't be easy. It will not be easy. Simon went back. Went back fishing. See this man that I left everything for to follow. He just went and died. What what, what, what kind of leader is this? What kind of Messiah? What did he Messiah now in these so many years that he came? Just died. Ah. But when Jesus rose, what did he do? He went back looking for him. And some of you that have abandoned your call, Jesus has come looking for you. He went back to that same lake. That same lake where he found him the first time. And he said, Simon, do you love me more than this? Am I more important to you than fishing? Am I more important to you than being okay? Do I matter more to you than being a celebrity? Do I matter more than Lagos? Am I more important to you than your bank balance? Simon was confused. Why are you asking me? God, you know I love you. What did he say to him? Feed my sheep. If you love me, it's not enough to be. If you love me, then do. If you love me, Simon, it's not enough to be. You need to get up and do. It won't be easy. You will face challenges. But you see, until you start to do, you will never be satisfied. can tell you that for a fact nothing will give you satisfaction I can tell you for a fact why this is what Jesus said he said sacrifice and offering you did not desire my ears you have opened Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. He said, then I said, behold, I come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O God. And your law is within my heart. If God has called you to do, you will never find satisfaction in anything. I can assure you. Until you start to do nothing. There is nothing you will start businesses you will hold money you will marry you will have children but guess what you see that call inside of you until you answer it it will remain an open gaping hole that only the Lord can feel and God is calling you God is calling you I want us to stand up and pray God is calling you find your place find your place find your place in these last days there is no time there is no time find your place find your place thanks for listening to this message from the hills church our mission is to love people connect with family and touch the world Learn more on our website at www.EcclesiaHills.org or email us at LO at